Hi, welcome to Motherhood Every Kind of Way. We want to take a closer look at the journeys of women after and through motherhood. Hi guys, this is Magda. Welcome to episode 6. This week I sat down with Jenny LaFleur, who is the mama behind Mama Fresh, former mover and shaker in the fashion world. She is now a community builder, advocate, influencer, and mama. Jenny resides on Chicago Southside in the historic Brownsville neighborhood with her husband and a two-year-old son, OBQ. Jenny has been recognized by Chicago Tribune's Red Eye as Chicago's cool mom, and she seriously is one of the coolest moms I've ever met. Her advice on exploring the city with your little one, partner with hosting unique programming, has ignited a community where diversity and motherhood is celebrated. I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. It was candid, fun, and so inspiring. Good morning, everyone. I am with Jenny LaFleur. Hey, Mama. Hey. I am so excited to be interviewing you today. You're one of my favorite Chicago mamas. You know, I know kind of your personality from meeting you in person and first seeing you on Instagram. Yeah. But I am really, really curious about getting to know you from your motherhood experience. So I would love for you to tell me a little bit more about yourself before you became a mother. Mm -hmm. And then how did you change after you had your son? Yeah, so before, I would say that I'm a daughter of Chicago. I was born and raised in Chicago. I've lived on every side, the north side, the south side. I grew up on the west side. I went to high school here. I went away for college, but Chicago drew me back. I met my husband here. We got married here. We got married right on King Drive on the south side. Yeah, so, Chicago. Yeah, girl. so I am like Chicago, <laughs> Chicago, Chicago. Um, and before this, I was in fashion. And so I managed, I was in corporate retail for a long time, like straight out of college. And then I was like, I have to get out of this. Mm-hmm. And so then I went to the independent side mm-hmm. and I managed some beautiful boutiques in Bucktown before Bucktown was Bucktown, you know, yeah. and then in Lakeview, I worked for an awesome woman and managed her store there. It got to the point where I was, I don't even think I was engaged yet, but it was time for me to move on. Retail can be pretty Mm -hmm. grueling. And um, it was just time. And I moved on to the wholesale side of the business. And so I was a host, I was a rep. I was a rep for years. I was to have the territory in the Midwest, driving a van, lugging racks all over Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, any small town. If someone's like, I'm from Ohio, a town you never heard of. I'm like, oh, you just tried me. (laughs) I've probably been there. So I was, I did that for years. I met my husband during that time, and it was grueling road work. I I was on the road so much. But it was nice for me. I was, you know, I was newly dating, and I would be able to leave on these trips and come back. So, I mean, it was was awesome. What kind of sales were you doing? I was on Contemporary Women, so I did... so still fashion. Still fashion, yep. So I've stuck with fashion. So really cool, like a really cool t-shirt brand and a really cool Mm -hmm. denim. So my job was to help get my brands in the coolest independent stores in your town. Got it. So it was really, it was great for me. I loved it. And I loved meeting women Mm -hmm. that own their own businesses Mm -hmm. and got to see the hard work and the thought process that they were doing on a daily basis. So that was a blessing. I did that. And then I was like, I got to get off the road. Um, A lot of the retail, a lot of the wholesale brands are owned by men. Women are working really hard on the Mm -hmm. ground 
and they're selling things. And once you you follow the money, follow the line, follow the power, and it leads back to a guy. I worked for a company, and it was based out of L.A., and we were selling these really cool dresses. And I'm like, how do I sell this to my client in Minnesota? Mm-hmm. Their the straps don't fit for a bra. And then the owner, because we were at a, like a seminar, a workshop for this new season, mm-hmm. a preview. And he said, just tell them that we're not wearing bras now. And I said, got it. That was my key. Yeah. That I needed to work for a brand where... A woman was working. She was selling clothes to women. And I worked with this awesome... So I got recruited by this awesome company that was a gift company who wanted to then go into fashion. And I was Mm -hmm. helping them transition. Mm -hmm. This was where I learned so much about branding, so much about integrity, so much about having a point of view about who you are. My company was based in Florida. I worked here in Chicago remotely. And I worked with them for years until after I had my baby. Wow. So that was was me. I was in fashion. I was on the road, mm -hmm. moving and shaking. You know, everything that you're just telling me about... You know, the different companies and different experiences that you got. I can see all of that flash out in Mama Fresh. Yes. In the company and this amazing community that you've created. Tell us more about that because that is just... You know, I, I get chills when I think about what you created and how you bring families and women and everyone together. So when I started Mama Fresh, so I was on the road when I first had my son. I had, um, and like a lot, I worked for a small company, so there was no paid maternity leave. Mm-hmm. I did take um, weeks off, and my job was secured through FMLA, but it was a sacrifice for my family with money and everything. So I returned back to work. I stretched it as far as I could, and I returned back to work at seven weeks. So I returned back to work on a Wednesday. I was on a plane that Saturday. That's how much travel was integral to my job. And so I would travel Sunday or maybe the first flight out Monday through Thursday, and then I would come home on Friday. I would do my expense reports in the morning, and then I just wanted to hang with my baby. That was my that was my deal with my job, and they got it. And so I would be in my hotel room in like the middle of Oklahoma, and I was just finding things to take your baby to in Chicago. And it made me feel closer to my baby that I was researching these things to do together. So from a young age, my son OBQ and I have always been in the streets. We're like you. We're always exploring. We're <laughs> yeah. always out. We're always doing that. And he's had this in his DNA since he was younger. So... When I started Mama Fresh, the company I worked for decided to bring all their sales staff intern, like locally. So I was laid off, but it was a, it was okay. This had it was already, the right timing. It was the right timing, mm-hmm. and it had already been buzzing in my mind. And my husband said, "This is your time. Mm-hmm. This is your time to track." So I got laid off. I think I got laid off on a Tuesday, and I started Mama Fresh that Sunday. And I always said Mama Fresh was to celebrate the diversity in motherhood. I was a mom. I became a mom right before I turned 36. And I wanted to do, I didn't want my life to end. I loved going out. I loved going to brunches. I loved exploring the city. I loved going, whatever the new hip thing was in the city. And I wanted to do that with With my kid. I wanted to do that with my kid. Mm -hmm. So I said, there has to be other women like me. And people start saying, how did you find this out? How did you Mm -hmm. find this out? So I started telling mamas, hey, you're not the only one. Let's really pull this together. Mm -hmm. And that's why the word Mama Fresh has evolved even over the last year and a half but the word that has stayed consistent is community Mm -hmm. this is i am all about building community i feel very strong about that yeah and it comes through and you know this is how i found you jenny because some time ago after i already started working on my dresses i felt like 
What I really was missing in my life was a strong community of mm. like-minded moms. You know, I wanted to launch events, mm-hmm. you know, for moms where you can bring your kid, but events that we the the during which we focus on moms as opposed to propping baby food or potty mm-hmm. training, you know. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be about mom's identities before they became moms or whatever other interests they had. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking at things online and then I came across you and I'm like, girl, I I saw what what your whatever your next event was mm-hmm. and I went to it and I, I introduced myself because I felt like you're already building it and I want to be part of it. I so love, that's how I came. I love you know. it. You know what? This is there's science and there's studies to back up what you're So it's called a two generational approach. And the point and the, th- the thought of that approach, because I'm always like, I'm mama fresh, not baby fresh, because I pour into the mama. Mm-hmm. And because we feel her up as a community, she's able to pour into her child. Absolutely. So that is how that is affected. So we build, we support, we just encourage that mama, and she in turn. Bill supports and encourages that baby. I love this. So probably, you know, Mama Fresh is your dream. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like a dream community that, that you've built to celebrate motherhood. Do you have an absolute dream of motherhood that maybe it's still out there that you're aspiring to? For myself? Yes. Or... Mm-hmm. or- the community. Yeah, so for myself, I would definitely, I think it's, I'm feeling that itch that, you know, OBQ's two and a half. So I would love to have another one. Mm-hmm. You know, you wait for the stars to align. You wait for your money to be right. You wait for the next promotion. You wait for your next house. You wait for, we're waiting for all these things. I don't know when the right time for that. Yes. I would love having two, two kids and a successful business. I want to live in just this circle where we're doing all of these things well together as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my personal aspiration for motherhood and um, where all these things could coexist. On a big scale, I would love, and I always start, you know, what do they say? Like, think local, act global. Mm-hmm. So think yes. local. So Chicago. I would love for just the it has already, the landscape of motherhood and family programming in Chicago has already changed in the last year and a half. I don't want to throw every event in the city on the South Side. But when mm-hmm. I see music performers coming to the South Side now, when I see big um, early childhood education now doing classes on the West Side in Humboldt Park, I know that I had a part in that. Mm-hmm. That's amazing yeah. to me. I want to scream from the rooftop. I want early childhood learn through play and education to be available for families all across the city. I'm working very hard to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And I want families to be able to see the value of doing things like taking your child to a museum, even before they are, they can even realize what we think what's going on. Right. You know, my son is comfortable anywhere he goes, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. And then also he will like, he threw his coat off in the Museum of Science and Industry in the press pit like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> but that's because he, we go to these things mm-hmm. often. I love a generation of kids that have that comfortable mm-hmm. feeling in places that they should be allowed. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think by what, you know, Mama Fresh and you had accomplished is that you're really bringing these amazing, valuable experiences mm-hmm. to to kids in all parts of Chicago. Yeah. Um, you know, like my boys, I've always taken my boys 
because I love to explore the city mm-hmm. and I think it really is a valuable you know experience for them like you said whether they realize it or not and right. you know I think my Adrian is definitely a well-rounded kid we go to art institute we go mm-hmm. to Navy Pier you know and I often think about it like at age of four or five like no what no no um, no there's the experiences my son's having it too mm-hmm. this is is something is experiences i some of them i didn't have to college mm-hmm. you know absolutely those life experiences mm-hmm. are so awesome he sat in on board meetings I was, I'll tell you, I'm a community partner with the University of Chicago. And so I work with them on breastfeeding workshops and breastfeeding education. They were applying for a grant with the World Health Organization. So the World Health Organization came for a big, important meeting. And the president of the hospitals were there for University of Chicago. And they asked me to come and join. I said, okay, I have Mm -hmm. a stroller walk later, but I'll come early. My son was there with me, sitting on the conference table, took off his shoes and it's like <laughs> hanging out and I'm like Obi you have to get off the car you know, you know I mean? like come on we have to get off the table the president of the hospital said no he is the future he's gonna be comfortable awesome. we have to get in line with him mm-hmm. this is how everything's out the window he's able to sit and follow and for him to be there and this he was one at the time and she said no so he doesn't have to adjust we adjust to the future yeah that was I my that. I like yes. laughed and cried afterwards. yeah but that's like the type of and I have that picture of him sitting on a boardroom with all of mm-hmm. these huge officials and he's just as comfortable as can be. One thing that came to my mind when you were talking about how you bring your kid, obviously not to all events, like there's some events where you just kind of even want to be by yourself, right? Yes, yes. But you, kids are, kids are your life. Kids are your everything. They are part of your work, at yeah. least on some days. And that made me think um, how, you know, what you're doing, what women are doing these days. Yeah is impacting how we think about motherhood. Yes. You know, I remember, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I did like a first interview. I was so nervous. And, you know, I had, um, Julian was very tiny. He was a crying baby. I was so nervous. I was too nervous to say, I have, I I had to have a babysitter come to my house and watch Mm -hmm. Julian. But he got so upset. You know, Julian never cries. But that day he got upset. He was crying. And I was having this, this, this interview and I couldn't answer the questions because I heard my baby cry. And, and I think about that instance, how much I've changed, how much the way I view motherhood changed since that day. Absolutely. Now, if I heard my baby cry, mm-hmm. I would just have him on my hip, yes. probably nursing him yes. to comfort him because I am, I've become confident in that way. But it, you know, it took mamas like yes. you, community yes. that we are building here together for me to change the way I think about motherhood and my kids. Okay, so this is how I think about things. So going back to like my grandmothers, my grandmother. So before I got married, my name was Jenny Cotton before it was Jenny Lafleur. My dad grew up on in Mississippi on a road called the Cotton Loop, named after his mm-hmm. uncle. My grandmother lived in one house. Her sister in law lived at the top of the road, and then my aunt lived at another one. My grandmother had nine kids. My auntie had eleven or twelve. None of my cousins get me wrong, and then someone else. So this was their community, literally named after. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was. Named where they left. Their last name yeah. was the little thing. And so they helped each other out. There yeah. were times where my dad would say, oh, and we all went and stayed with my aunt after she had a certain baby. I've checked the last one. 
that could have been postpartum, but they helped each other out. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they helped each other out. They had, their work was entailed with being a mother because they were a stand at home, mm-hmm. but they also were farmers. So they did work the, you know, work their land as well, but they were, it was all tied in one. They breastfed mm-hmm. all their babies. They ate off the land. They did all of these things that we aspire to do. <laughs> I would love to To uh, build our village, right? To build that village. Exactly. That's why building your village is like a workshop. Because it's so, okay, so that's the end. Then we have my mom's generation who my mom went to college. She got her degree. She went to, she worked in the 80s, shoulder pass, the whole thing. So she had to leave her motherhood to the Mm -hmm. side so she can look like on the level playing field of a man. Okay, so she has two kids, but still my grandmother didn't live that far. So that, she didn't have to worry about that. And but she had two kids and she had to put on her work self, come home, shed her work self, then put on her mom self. And then we were mama, 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 mama. And I'm sure when we went to sleep, then she got to put on her true self. Mm -hmm. And then you got to be a wife on top of that. Mm -hmm. So this was all of that was separated. Yeah. We're over that. We're like Mm -hmm. F that. Okay. Mm -hmm. I am a business owner. I am a wife. I am a mama. I am my own person. I am a friend. And it all coexists. Mm-hmm. And if people can't handle how that mm-hmm. works in my life, then that's okay then, yeah. for you don't have to be a part of it. Exactly. But I cannot work in a space where that where I had to leave part of mm-hmm. me at home. Yeah. It doesn't work like that I, anymore. Oh, I, I love that. This is so relatable. Thanks, Jenny. <laughs> this just gives me all the chills and feels. It just makes me feel so good about being a mother. You know, yeah. like there are so many of us that just don't want to like have these identities separated because mm-hmm. it's it's not who we are. Like you no. cannot separate being a mother from being a business owner, doing yeah. all these other things. I, I love that. Love and when that. you do, when you try to do that, that's when it you feel like you're sacrificing part of yourself. Yes. And then mm-hmm. that's when all type of feelings can start to, to scurry in, you know, as they seep in slowly. So if you just say, this is who I am, this is my new normal, I'm not chasing that old normal, and that's okay, and I'm allowed to ask for help. And I'm allowed to, So we have to be that community and that village for each other. Mm-hmm. We have to build it where before they, it might have existed. Uh, you know, existed in a very visible way. We have to build that and lean and build that for each other. I love that. Jenny, tell me what societal or cultural messages Mm -hmm. frustrate you the most and how would you change them or what are you already doing to change them? So that... I will be completely honest. And, you know, I think that different part of your brotherhood journey, the answer could be different. I am dealing with a two-year-old right now. Mm -hmm. Ah, You know, so we're not saying terrible twos. We are claiming terrific twos. You know, I'm speaking positive and life over my child. But his emotional being, it just overwhelms him. He just, sometimes you can see him struggling so much. He feels, when he's sad, he's so sad. When he's frustrated, he's so frustrated. So it is a behavioral thing. Culturally, I'm black. We don't, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child. You know, we spank. They spank, they whoop. You know, they do all of these things. You know, you don't need to whoop them. You don't need to beat them. Just pop them really quick. That stops in my house. I don't do it. That's something that I think was I think was passed on in my culture through slavery. I think that sl- slave owners did that to slaves to keep them in line. I think the slaves and then 
had so much trauma they were dealing with their life. That's what they did to their children mm-hmm. because they wanted the same type of respect and obedience. And obedience was a life or death thing. So I think that's what they did for them. And I think that has continued in generations. Mm-hmm. And so I don't spank. I don't whoop. Mm-hmm. I don't beat my son. So that's something that um, it has to stop with me. It's something that, you know, I think that people of different, especially any uh like moms of color or immigrants or any mom that has a strong, if you got a grandma that lived where, you know, that you know that that's some things that were generational, mm-hmm. that they say, we do this as because we're Mexican, we do this because we're Polish, we do this. Some of those things because culturally our generations before us did that we get to make a conscious effort to mm-hmm. stop some of the trauma that we've experienced as a culture, whatever our culture is, we are at a point where we get to stop that. Mm-hmm. The hard part of that is that it takes on work that we haven't seen done before. Right, and we start with our own family. And we family. start with our own mm-hmm. family. So when I talk to my mom and I'm like, Mom, he is like... I don't even know who my child is sometimes. He like acts a fool. I don't know. And she's like, Jenny, you gotta just, you gotta just whoop him one time and he'll, he'll get it. Just show him one. And that, but that's not my answer. So now I tried to talk to my mama. So now who do I talk to? So mm-hmm. I talk to other women that could be going through the same exact thing. You know, that's where, that's where that peer to peer conversation happens. But that's a cultural thing. And it's could be, for me, it's spanking. But it could be different cultural things, whatever you go through. And we are the generation of moms that can stop the trauma that happened to us in our past. Yeah, I, I love your honesty about it. You know, and with spanking, I, I think that, for example, in my husband's family, that was also a thing. Mm-hmm. And we also, we you know, in, in, in our home, we said, you know, we are not going to do spanking. And we'll mm-hmm. try to treat our little people for who they are, little mm-hmm. people. But sometimes it's hard to oh. reason with that. You know, I have a five-year-old, and he is—he is a very strong-willed child, very. Yeah. And at fi- at age of five, he talks back. He yeah. pushes. He knows exactly where my most sensitive buttons are. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, <laughs> yeah. but he sure knows, and he pushes them. And it is hard. Yeah. But we, you know, we said similarly to what you do. We are making. A change in our family yes where we use our and you know we teach our children like we don't hit our friends we use gentle hands right yeah. so we try to reason with them but sometimes and we're know. also raising children who have we have conversations so we're not having seen and not heard which right. was sometimes i talked to another mom she was like i was one of six her husband was one of like five or eight and so she, she she's like we were seen and I heard. I'm like, because your mom has to do that out of efficiency of getting out the mm-hmm. house, you know. But when we have mm-hmm. one and two, we have more conversations. And so we are able to say things, you know, we have more conversations with our child. So sometimes the talking back and disrespect that oh. we feel like that, it's just them asking. I can, I, I don't remember a time where I asked my mom why. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I was 11, mm-hmm. but never at five. You know what I mean? Like, why do I have to? But their little minds want to know why. Yeah. This is, I will tell a funny story. We were at my parents' house. My son was on a pretend phone. That's very <laughs> important to remember with his father, a pretend phone. But I was ready to go. I said, OBQ, get, and he always drags his feet leaving my parents' house. Mm-hmm. I said, OBQ, put your coat on. It is time to leave. And he's on this pretend phone. And I say, OBQ, it's time to go. Enough. And he tells me, oh, he holds the phone and he holds up one finger to me. And he tells me, <laughs> he tells me, Mama, 
I am, I am talking to another adult. What do you say to me? Because oh. <laughs> when, when I'm talking to another adult, he has to say, excuse me. So he says, I am talking to another adult. Pretend phone, y'all remember. And he goes, what do you say to me? This is in front of my mother. I am so embarrassed. I would never speak to my mother to this day. Mm-hmm. And my mom looks at me. She goes, what do you say to him? Say it. And exactly. I say, he knows. I say, excuse mm-hmm. me, OB. Can you please put your coat on? Yeah. He goes, thank you. Yeah. He puts the pretend phone down. He puts on his phone. But the whole point is that the respect looks different. Like you, like you, yeah. I can't hit my son to, because he's hitting kids. Mm-hmm. So because I can't solve hitting by mm-hmm. hitting. So the same thing, the respect and the kindness that I want him to show me, mm-hmm. I do have to show because I shouldn't have interrupted his conversation, conversation. even though it's pretend. pretend. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it is just a mind. It mm-hmm. blows your mind. The but conversation. then you know that they're learning. You mm-hmm. absolutely, some things I like to do with my son, I'll go, okay, now you be mommy this time. Mm-hmm. You, his role yeah. playing is so funny how he pretends to be me. And it's very interesting to see how he views me mm-hmm. and what he thinks that I say and what he thinks about. And I go, okay, now you be daddy. And he goes, okay. And he like has it. But it is hilarious. It is hilarious. You have to do it. Oh, I am going back and making Adrian be mommy. It is so funny that they. And he goes, ah, I drink my coffee to the face. I drink my coffee to the face. I am chugging tea in the morning. So he's right, you know. And then he goes, okay, I'm mommy. Cheers. And I'm like, okay, I do say cheers. You know. And he says, oh, my sweet baby, I love you. That's very good that he knows I I say that. But he also says, because I say, I say things one time. I do not like to repeat myself. And so he did that part. And I was like, okay. I I kind of say say that. that. I do say that. It's very interesting. I am so doing this to Adrian. (laughs) It's so funny. And Jenny, tell me, what is your superpower as a mommy? Is there something that you are proud of as a mom that you do particularly well i follow the leader of my child really well Mm -hmm. i am really good at seeing a twinkle in q's eye about something and i follow the lead so if he is whatever he's into i follow down that path and i think that's why people think that he excels in certain areas and it's really just because i'm playing to his strengths Mm -hmm. there so my son can Ride a, he's two. He can ride a scooter, like a one-foot scooter down 53rd Street. He can ride a big wheel. He can jump. He can do all these fun gross motor skills. His fine motor skills are tough. But we work on that. But his gross motor skills, once I see that they're that, that take off, I just push him and yeah. I accelerate. If he has interest in something, then that is all we're talking about. His interest, right now, he likes robots. He likes spaceships. So everything is astronauts. Everything is robots. Everything is spaceship. We talk about the moon. We talk about... So I see one sparkle mm-hmm. and I just pounce on yeah. it. And I that, love that. Yeah, and it really helps his curiosity and peaks. And I, I, I do that well. Mm-hmm. And it helps him grow as a person. And I think it makes him feel heard, the things mm-hmm. that he's into. And, make, you know, probably makes him feel like he's in charge and power, right? Empowered. Yes. Um, yes. I, I, when, when you were describing this, it really reminded me of, of our Adrian. You know, mm-hmm. we, we kind of play to his interests, to his mm-hmm. strengths. And, um, and I remember he was two and a half and riding his balance bike and everybody was like, look at the baby, look at the baby. 
maybe, yeah. you know, but we just basically saw what his strengths were and we, yeah. we encouraged that. We never yes. pushed, you know, he no. always had options, but we encouraged. And I think they excel in that way when, you know, and that's why I think their preschool environment or their school environment is yeah. really important that it's, you know, teachers see their individual strengths for who they, of course they have to do group time and, of course. you know, all that. But mm -hmm. whenever you have that kind of attention, you know, at least for a few minutes a day, like it's very, very important. Yeah. I speak to my child very much. They're, we're really a house of affirmations and I say things over and over. So my child understands mm -hmm. that. And one thing I says to him, I say to him a lot is that we're a team. You, mommy and daddy, we're a team and we are good teammates. So if he says something... My child has, doesn't have a great amount of empathy right now. So if he does something, you know, some people can say, that makes mommy sad. He's like, that's your problem. Like, I don't have, mm -hmm. like, he doesn't have that empathy. So what I say to him is, if he's uh, doing something that's not appropriate, I say, you're not being a great teammate right now. Mm -hmm. And we're on a team, and so I have to count on you. You, so I make it so it's him. So I have yes. to just take even that little feedback and switch it what works on him. He wants to be the best. So when I tell him, you're not being a good friend, you're not being a good teammate, he's like, but I am a good team. I go, I don't know. I think you are, but your behavior today doesn't make that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't show me that. And so we have, the, and he's two, and we're having these type of conversations. And he gets from it what he gets, but I'm able to spin it so he mm -hmm. can understands it. I love that. I love the concept of being a team. And yeah. I think I, I read somewhere on your blog or maybe on your website, you basically were saying like, we as family are unstoppable yeah. because we're a team. I don't remember the exact quote, but... That was, a, yeah, it was around my yeah. husband's birthday. And uh -huh. it's the truth. It's that the three of us, is, my husband travels a lot for work. And so my son and I have to be very cohesive to move throughout mm -hmm. our, just to get throughout our day and get throughout our uh, our weeks and my husband works late, you know, and so like a lot of families that time that they get to spend together is my home the husband gets home maybe around seven. Oh, he goes to oh, bed at eight thirty. Mm -hmm. So an hour and a half. So during that time we have to be very in a groove. So we're mm -hmm. spending our time with quality time. So yeah, so we are a team. The three I of us that. is very important. Yeah. And I think it helps the kids to think about family as we're all in this together. Yes. Um, Jenny, one of my favorite things to learn about other mothers is their self-care routine. I say self-care routine, but it really is broad. Whatever, is there something that you do to recharge outside of motherhood, outside of Mama Fresh? Yeah. What is it? Tell me. No. It's sad. I don't. I, if, if, when I do these conversations and this term comes up, I'm shaking in my boots because I don't. I, it's sad. I know I have to do something around it. I think that when the term self-care first came popular, I thought it was. And then, I mean, you're on the gram and you see these women checking into these beautiful spas. That's not right now in our family budget. Mm -hmm. Or I see, you know, a manicure and pedicure is so expensive nowadays mm -hmm. if you get a no-chip pedicure. So it's like, I just thought that self-care wasn't in my budget. I'll be honest. I just thought that I would do self-care once my business took off. Then I will start doing more of it. But then it became very obvious to me that my business will never take off if I don't take care of myself. Mm -hmm. So 
I've started to find it in moments. So what I have done recently, one is looking more pulled together when I can. We've talked about that's this before. That's my way. I that's love a, it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's so just more pulled together when I can. It presents me well. I feel, feel. good. Mm-hmm. I feel good about myself. Oh, you and me, and girl. it's just working mm-hmm. with what I got. It's not buying things that are new. It's just working with what I got um, on those days, and then. This is my trick. I've been doing like in the past two weeks, and it's really so. My husband um, puts my son to bed at night. We uh, we both do the stories, we do the whole thing, and my husband physically takes him to his room, and they read one more additional story. Then they do a lot of stuff in there that's laughing and good. I don't know what happens in there. It's not my business, but he it's takes time, it's yeah. their time, and they do a something, a prayer, a song. They take care of that in there. So what I do, soon as he scoops him up to take him to bed. I run a bath. Soon as they soon as they walk out the front mm-hmm. room, I turn the bath water on. And I've been doing it and I've averaged like I took one last night. So I was just like three like three a week, four a week, you know. And it changes the game because it is like quiet. I light a candle, okay? I put on good music. I have a glass of wine or just like last night I was so dehydrated, so I was like chugging cold water while I was in there. But it is I do a face mask mm-hmm. and the face mask is good because before I would take a bath, I'm like, then I'm out of here because what am I going to sit and do? But I have to keep the face mask on for 20 minutes. So I put the <laughs> yeah. face mask on, I set a timer, and I force myself mm-hmm. to sit down in this dark room. And it's a very calming way yes. to end my night. And then it gives me a break. And afterwards, I put on my pajamas and I'll fold clothes or I'll work on my blog, or I'll do things like that. But it's just a moment and it mm-hmm. costs me nothing. Exactly. It's literally just, but. I have to do it at that time because then everyone gets it. My husband gets like, all right, I'm taking a bath. She's doing Mm -hmm. her bath time. Mm -hmm. I understand this is happening. And it's also good for him because I never thought it from his point of view. He gets up and he goes to work. And I'm all in his business before he goes. He goes to work. And when he comes in the door, my son pounces on him. Mm As soon as he takes him to bed, I am like, all right, let's talk about this week. Mm -hmm. So on Thursday, can you do this? Because he doesn't get a moment in the house to himself. He goes to work all day. I don't feel bad. We both have our responsibilities. But by me just taking this 30-minute, you know, bath, face prep, all this type of shit, it gives him time Mm -hmm. to just sit with himself and scroll on his phone or do whatever he wants to do in quiet and peace. And then we both come together later today. So self-care for me is finding those pockets of moments or opportunities that Mm -hmm. you can... And I bought myself two new teas at home, and I've been mixing them like a crazy... Mm -hmm. I I mixed a peach and a black tea, and it was, like, amazing. So it's like finding these little... I bought smoked salmon from Whole Foods. Food so I can have mm-hmm. like a proper like breakfast sandwich at home. Just these small yes. little gaps that I can like be intentional in a moment for mm-hmm. myself. That works for me rather than I get a massage every two weeks. Mm-hmm. That's just not my life. No. I love the way you describe your your rituals, your the little yes. things that you do that fill up your cup, make you feel like you're recharging, rebooting. Mm-hmm. I love that. Last question. This will be probably our last question. Um, what are there any topics um, related to motherhood and parenting mm-hmm. that um, that you wish we talked about more? The isolation is a big part of it. I think that the isolation of motherhood, especially immediately, I um, I believe really hardcore in that fourth trimester. Mm-hmm. I think that that fourth that 
three months after you have your baby, there are so many physical and emotional things that are going along with with you that are regulating themselves that are really, that can be a trying time. So I wish that we really poured into mothers a lot during that time. And then I, the, motherhood is an equalizer. You know, I always say, like, your degrees don't stop your baby from teething at night. You know, I can talk to any mom because we all want for the best for our kid, whether you have a full-time nanny or whether you're a stay-at-home or work-at-home. You know, all of these, I understand the point of the labels just so you can relate to each other. But I sometimes I feel like they're dividing a little bit. Yes. You know, I think we all want the best for our kids. We're all trying to do the best. You know, that you have the mom that's done a million hours of research she knows every little thing she's tracking every word her child is saying and god bless her you know or you have a mom like me on the go (laughs) right exactly and we both still want the best you know and so the um that fourth trimester so that immediate time afterwards and then bringing moms together Mm -hmm. i think is something that motherhood is a it's a tricky tricky thing you know and it's particularly how our generation is trying to do it in a very intentional non losing yourself type of way it's a very we're breaking new ground here mm-hmm. and um i think that we deserve props for that but um with any any time you are blazing a trail in a forest i always remember when i worked for a woman she said we're not on a path okay we're not on a path where you're going to see a sign that says left here right here we're blazing a trail so you got to come with a machete you got to come with hiking boots you got to come with a helmet because you never know what we're going to run into and that's the that's the path that we're blazing in motherhood it is something that is takes we're tired why are you tired i raised different kids maybe you were walking on a path Mm -hmm. i'm doing motherhood with a machete so i'm tired i love this jenny and this is so relatable and i really don't have anything else to add this is such a perfect ending to this conversation thank you um thank you so much for having me thank you you for thinking about me yeah this was awesome your questions were awesome so much for joining us this episode. The moms you hear from on our podcast are encouraged to speak honestly and unapologetically about their experiences and choices. But the stories and points of view heard here do not reflect any official view of our podcast. We hope that being a part of these conversations will encourage all of us to turn toward ourselves and embrace motherhood our kind of way. Please follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Motherhood Every Kind of Way or email us at motherhoodeverykindofway at gmail.com. And a special thanks to Bea Serene for letting us use your beautiful music. Music